Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. And we are back, folks, for another edition of the Michigan Basketball Insider. The hiatus is over. The season is here. The Wolverines are 1-0, and set to do battle at the time of this recording, set to do battle with Eastern Michigan over at LCA, officially my favorite arena in all of sports now, and happy and excited to be able to dissect this team with my man, my guy, my big fella. Tim McCormick. Tim, how are you? I'm happy as well. Uh, the college basketball season is going to be really interesting. Um, I, and I love the start of a, a college basketball season, maybe even more so than the NBA. Um, there, there are so many new players with, with key roles. Um, you know, you're excited to see the freshmen. Are they good? Are they hyped up? Were they playing their high school year versus subpar competition? Or are they really good? And um, when when you look at the guys that come back from last year, do they get better? That That's always a big question. What did John Sanderson do for them? Um, do they take a jump in their off-season shooting? There, there's a lot of good stuff going on. And more than anything else, I am so excited to get um, you know our, our, our season going and get some elite competition. And uh, it just kind of makes me reminisce a little bit. Hey, man, so here's the thing. I, I know I've been doing this long enough to not approach analysis of a team, analysis of a player like a fan, right? That, you know, you you don't make grandiose projections based on an exhibition or based on one game. But I want to rewind the tape back a year. You remember we were coming off the NBA Players Association Top 100 camp, and I remember coming back from watching Jet there, and this was the culmination of a summer, and talking about Jet Howard. Mm -hmm. Watching Jet there and seeing him really be adept, not only a shooting, he's always been, you watch him, he's always been a plus shooter, Tim. But what struck me at the NBA Players Association oh. 100 camp was how adept he was at putting the ball on the deck, albeit mostly to his right, but not creating only for himself and finishing through contact at the rim, but finishing or, or creating for others. And I remember saying after that, it's like, I remember thinking, this is probably a three or four year guy, but watching him and his development I could see him being a two and done. I could see him being a two and done. And I remember you kind of pumping the brakes on me at that time. Yeah. Saying, I don't know, Sam. I mean, he, he has some things to work on, and I know he does. But after watching him over the course of his senior year, Tim, seeing him down at AI's camp, seeing I know it's just an exhibition and an, and an opening game here against subpar competition, but do you, do you still think that's a far-fetched notion to think the Jet could possibly be a two-and-done guy? Well, based on what we've seen, I think his improvement is startling. And I remember at the Top 100 camp thinking, this is a big, strong dude. Like, he, he, um, he's a good driver. He didn't really impress me with his handle that much. I really liked his jump shot. Um, but now, all of a sudden, he looks like a 6'7 NBA shooting guard. Um, he's a bigger version of, like, a, a Jordan Clarkson 
in the Big Ten, like Bryce McGowan's last year, just he wants to score. And and I, I think that that when I watch Jet, he's faster, um, he's leaner, he looks more athletic, his shot's always been beautiful, and and he's always had that gunslinger approach. Like some guys, they're out there to hunt shots, and that's what he does. Like he's not a ball hog at all. He's just really aggressive. And he's kind of the opposite of Caleb Houston. You know, <laughs> Caleb would stand in that corner. Yeah. And he'd wait for the ball to come to him. Jet's not waiting. Jet's, yeah. Jet's going to go get it. He's a he's a better player. And I think I mentioned this last year. Um, when when I think back to to talking about why Caleb left for the NBA. I mean, he's getting some run. He's playing 15 minutes a game in Orlando, so that's a good thing. But I think part of the reason that Caleb left is he played against Jet. He watched Jet. And I think he felt like, I need to get out while the getting's good because this kid is a good player. I don't think a player like Caleb would actually admit it, but in the back of his mind, he probably was thinking, this guy's better than me. Yeah, that could be. I I don't know. I don't know if that's what went into it or or not, or if he just had a certain timeline for wanting to jump to the pros. The reason why I compare them is because, you know, two guys stepping into similar roles, Jet, Jet sliding into his position, right? And so he's sort of calibrating the expectations for Jet relative to what we saw from Caleb last year. It's a reasonable comparison to make. Should we expect more from Jet than we saw from Caleb. And I think the answer to that question is yes, because he is he is just a more versatile player. He can shoot coming off screens. He can pull up in transition. Right? He can he he's a guy that could be he could be a spot up guy. I mean however you want him to get a jumper, he can get it. But then when you step on his toes, Tim, maybe he's not, you know, he's not AI or any, you know, in a or, or Steph handling the basketball. But he handles it well enough that when he, he when he creates leverage with his jump shot, he can get to the rim and he's big enough and strong enough to finish through contact. I'm not saying he's a one and done guy. I'm not saying he's going to be an All American this year. But I think what we've seen from him, the foundation for what he has coming into college, I really think that he's going to be a go to player for Michigan this year, and I think he could be a star if he's back for year two. I was I was sort of thinking about my expectations for this year watching him. A couple things jumped out at me. His defense needs work, but it's really easy just to say a guy's a bad defensive player without really watching. He's trying, and I think he's going to get better. And I don't think that any freshman in America is going to get coached harder on the defensive end than Jet because his dad knows what's at stake. Um, and, and then also, I think that – the jet is an excellent post feeder. He, he, he is going to work really well with Hunter Dickinson. Um, the pass that he threw to his brother right in the middle of the court for three was a beautiful thing. Um, I think the jet is going to average 15 points a game. Um, I think he'll be on the all big 10 freshman team. And the, the one thing that I want to see is last year, Max Christie at Michigan State got off to a fantastic start. And then he got a little bit tired and he got figured out a little bit. And his production really seemed to go down. 
Um, I want to, I want to see Jet Howard have a whole year, just the entire year. Just you're the number two guy. Hunter's yeah. number one. You're number two. And with that comes a huge responsibility. If you're the number two guy, you can't, you can't have 21 points on, on Tuesday. And then Saturday you have three, like you, it's a big responsibility and it takes a lot. And so if he, if he wants to be that guy, he's, he's got to bring that effort and that mindset. Well, so it's two things, you know, you're talking about, about Max Christie, as far as mentality is concerned, he and he and Caleb are the same dude to, to me, you know, just yeah. covering them in high school, they were very similar in their demeanor and, and just their, their way on the court. So I, I, I think that with jet is totally different. I mean, he, he has inst- inst- it's been instilled in him that in- that aggression that you want to have from from your go-to guy. And I'm talking about aggression from the standpoint of I want the ball. Now, the the flip side of it is Tim, you know, to be a guy who's grown up the son of an NBA guy, a lot of those guys, you wonder if they have the sense of entitlement. Like I'm supposed to get X number of shots and and in this instance I'm the coach's kid, right? He happens to be a highly rated guy too. A lot of those guys come in with expectations of what they should have coming in the door. And I don't get that sense from, from Jet. They really instilled in him a grinder's mentality. He is not an entitled kid at all. He's not a me guy. But he is a guy that's willing to accept that role, that, that role of I need you to be a gunner if you ask that of him. And I don't think that every every guy, I don't think that was necessarily the case with with uh, I don't think it was a role that the the other two that that Max and and that Caleb settled into as easily as I think Jet is going to settle into it. Yeah, it's a it's a valid point, and and I um I know that just from watching Jace, Jace has more dog in him than Jet. You know? <laughs> not as talented, but I've got great respect for for players that that are able to create what I, what I call a circle of greatness. Like you've got to surround yourself with people that are going to hold you accountable. They're going to push you hard. Um, when you have an off day, they're, they're going to share your success. And, and it's hard to come from privilege and, and have that mindset. Um, I did talk with my son, Kellen, and you know, he, he's nowhere near as talented as jet. Um, and, and he's done playing now, but I said, you know, buddy, I, I, I've got great respect for you because you grew up on a lake with a jet ski in your backyard and and you found time, time to get in the gym and work on your game. Like, there's a lot of distractions for Jet Howard and Jace Howard, and they love the game enough that they, they put their time in. Yeah, that, it's a great, great, great point and one that I think is really going to aid in his development as a guy, cause I mean, that, that's, that's, that's parenting. That's parenting that, that instills that in a kid that obviously grew up way more privileged than, than Jawan did. So how do you still give them that edge? How do you still give them that mentality? He's done that with, with both of their guys. And for, for the coaches, kids too, coming in the door, I mean, to, to see them working as hard, grinding as hard, if not harder than the other guys, that, that sends a message to, I think he gets that. I think they both get that. And that's one of the things that I, I think I like and appreciate most. I mean, those are not, they don't come across as rich kids, right? They they don't have that mentality 
with that uh, the same and I shouldn't cast dispersions at all rich kids, right? But they don't they don't have the mentality, the privilege mentality that you see in a lot of rich kids. And I think that's gonna carry them a long way. Yeah. The the thing that I always told my son is I would remind him, is your work ethic matched up with your goals? Because you can't say I want to be a D1 player and take two days off a week. Like you, you need to be a seven, a seven day per week guy, and you've got to get your workout in every day. And and I used to challenge my son on Christmas, you got to get in the gym because that's a separator day. That n- most most players are not doing that. But if you get in the gym on Christmas, if you take your ball on your vacation. Um, if you have a touch of the flu, but you find a way to still work on your ball handling drills, that's how you separate. And Jace and Jeff both have that. Yeah, I want to carry you back to a discussion before we move on and talking about some of the other guys when Michigan didn't get Terrence Shannon. And when they did not, they never entered the race for Imani Basin. When both of those developments happened, when they missed on Terrence and then they didn't pursue Imani, I was it wasn't anything that struck me as a loss. And that's not saying that both of those players aren't good. Both of those players are really good. Right. Uh, You know, they, and I think they're going to help their teams tremendously, but thinking about having jet have more responsibility, even as a freshman was not a downside to me. That was Mm -hmm. upside to me, Tim. I was like, okay, that if I'm Juwan and credit to him for not, automatically falling into this mode of saying, Hey, I got jet coming in. I'm not going, I'm not going to go after any of these other guys. He didn't do that, but I could, I think you could have justified that approach with jet because when I saw it, I was like, Oh man, that's great. All right. Not that again, not to disparage those guys, but I was perfectly fine with saying, okay, that means jet is going to have an even bigger role as a freshman. I think he can handle it, Tim. I think he has the, I think he has the mentality to handle it. I think he has the game to handle it, and I think that's going to help Michigan be better than they would have been had it worked out another way. Well, the 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 message that you're sending, and if you bring in Amani Bates, is that you're over recruiting kids that are already in your program and doing a good job. Um, look, Jed Howard is going to get on the court no matter who you bring in, but I look at Terrence Williams and say, okay, look, you're my captain. And, and you, you've worked so hard, you've sculpted your body, you've worked on your skills. And now all of a sudden, when you're ready to play, I'm going to bring in Amani Bates, who's a, you know, six, nine, six, 10 jump shooter that needs to be on the court. He's got NBA potential. That that's the wrong message to send to your younger guys. So I, I, I think it's, I think it's the right call. All right. So Jet's not the only newcomer. I know we just spent 15 minutes talking about Jet, but I think it, his his talent and his role on that team warrants that kind of discussion. But what about Jalen Llewellyn? I know we talked a lot about Jalen in the lead into the season. Now we've seen him bit on the court for the Maize and Blue. What have your impressions been? What do you think his his how do you think he, he he's gonna maybe fare on this team compared to the last two transfer point guards we've seen Michigan have? Yeah, I I expect him to be a better player than Mike Smith and Devontae Jones. I, I expect him to be the best point guard um, since Xavier Simpson. I don't count Eli as a point guard, by the way. Um, but I have to say that, that the first game, I, I wanted more from him 
he clearly is a facilitator first, scores second. Um, and, and I think he's a quiet player. He doesn't really make those, those wow plays. He looked pretty decent on defense. I think that, that we're going to walk away. And, you know, the, the word that I would use is solid um, with the potential to be good. I, 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 I don't want those to be my final thoughts. I, I, I'm aware that off of one game, like he may have been really nervous. Um, he didn't do anything wrong. But the, the other thing, Sam, is when I was watching Jalen trying to project how he's going to be in the Big Ten, you have to give him an, an advantage from the standpoint that point guard is the weakest position throughout the Big Ten. There aren't a lot of – there's no Cassius Winstons out there. And, and so my, my goal for Jalen Llewellyn is to be more aggressive, to be more of a facilitator, and, and there's no reason why he can't, you know, get into the all-league conversation. Like, I'm not saying first, second, or third team, but, you know, he, he definitely needs to be at least in the honorable mention type category – and I and I, I, he's the one guy that that at LCA against Eastern Michigan. I want him to take a step up. I, I think he's capable of more than he showed the other night. And maybe that's a little bit hard. You know, I've seen him play 15, 20 minutes. So, <laughs> well, look, here's what we know, and this kind of leans into uh, several discussions I've had with the with the coaches on the staff. Uh, talk to Phil Martelli every single week. And he said they're going to be a better shooting team. I think the expectation is that Jalen Llewellyn is going to give them the same kind of shooting presence that they got from Eli. Now, it speaks to the other shooters that they have on the team. We'll talk about Joey Baker, Jet, we just talked about as well. So they have better shooting quotient around him. You, got, you expect Hunter to be better, right? There's going to just be a better shooting arsenal. Uh, but that, in addition to his basketball IQ, I think those two things together, I think, lend themselves to uh, him maybe coming in and having an even bigger because of the three point guards that we've seen them bring in the last few times, he's bigger. Mm -hmm. His IQ is is every bit as as pronounced. And did I already say he's a better shooter? He's a better shooter than those guys. So, Sam, when when I um when I watch Michigan practice. I, I was watching Jalen really close and I didn't, I didn't think he was very aggressive and he didn't have a great practice. Now that, you know, once again, I'm not writing him off at all. I'm just saying that I expect him to be a really good player. And and if I've seen him play twice and he's been okay, but not dominant, I want to see him dominant. I want to, I want to see your point guard um, be, be one of the best players on the court because the truth is, that that in in today's game, point guard is a massively important spot, um, and and Michigan's best teams. I'm talking about you know Trey Burke and Gary Grant and Eric Turner and you know when Xavier Simpson turned out to be an outstanding point guard. It's such an important spot. Derek Walton, obviously, and and so I want him to be a transformational player, not a, a pretty good player. Yeah, so here's the thing and something to really think about. You know, he's not a guy that I think is is going to consistently, uh, you know, just 
beat guys off the dribble. I think you're going to have to get him leverage with ball screens, and Michigan happens to be a ball screen heavy team. I mean, two man game with with Hunter, I think, and and Jalen, I think could be it could be really really good, right? Uh, I think as teams respect his jump shot, I think that's a, one of the things that will help create leverage for him. But what I like about him is different from the last two, and this is not a disparagement, but the fact that he's a plus shooter will allows him to not always have to be that aggressive guy. I'm not saying that they don't need him to be more aggressive, but you put him on a floor with Kobe, you you have uh, Jet go get it at times. He's a guy that can park in the corner. You got to you got to get a hand on him or leave the lane open because he can make you pay from the outside. So I, I don't think it's all bad that, you know, maybe he isn't, you know, an alpha as a point guard in terms of, of, of aggression, while also saying that I think he could stand to use, stand to show a little more than he's shown thus far. Here's, 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 here's an idea. Michigan has some big games coming up. Michigan coaches sometimes hold the playbook back a little bit. Maybe maybe he doesn't want to show too much Could right be. now at the Eastern yep. Michigan. That's possible. But I just mentioned Kobe. So I look, I'm still very high on Kobe, man. I, I and I'm curious and I've heard a lot of positive things, but I'm just I'm curious what you've heard and what your observations are through an exhibition and one game. So he's Michigan's most critical player. He's replacing Eli Brooks, who is an all-time great. He's the only true shooting guard on this team. Um, he's still really young. And and last year, he didn't shoot well. And he didn't do anything that, that made me feel like, gosh, this guy has beautiful form. Sometimes he looks a little bit loose with his shot. Um, the reports are he didn't shoot great in Europe. Um, when I watched practice in October, he shot okay. Um, but, but I, I want to see him get hot. I want him to have great confidence in his shot. And, and sometimes, and, and this goes back to last year, I kind of felt like, like Caleb and, and Kobe are kind of the same guy that they really need stuff to feel good for them to, to make a couple shots, to make some plays. And, and, and so with Kobe, I think he's going to be a really good defender I think he's going to be outstanding at some point in his career, and I want it to be right now. I, I think that Michigan needs him. He's going to get open shots. And so on his open shots, I want, I want him to be that, that you know, 45% guy, that you know, his, his misses are inside the rim. You know, don't miss left, don't miss right. That's, that's an erratic shooter to me. His shots need to be straight, and they need to, to be close. That that's a that's a big key for him. I I think he's going to be good, I, and and I I think that he's already a good defender. He's a good athlete, and and I also think Sam. One thing to watch is that he's going to be an opportunistic scorer at times. His best games are going to be against Eastern Michigan teams like that. Why? Because they're going up and down, and he's going to get some stuff in transition. He's going to get a dunk. He's going to get a layup. He's going to get foul. He's going to make free throws. And then everything gets a lot easier after that. Um, if it's a half-court grinder against Purdue on the road, it's it's going to be a little bit harder for him. He's not going to get any easy points in that setting. Yeah, I, what I hope is I hope they tell, and it's just me watching him in high school, I hope they tell Kobe keep shooting. Yeah, oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I hope that they empower Kobe to to go out and gun hunt shots like we see Jet hunting shots through an exhibition in game one. Be a shot hunter because I think that he is he is one of the guys on this team that can that can get buckets and can can create buckets for others. He just has to he has to get that feel back that we saw him have in high school because I understand what you're saying in that he's he's like Caleb and I think you're talking about mentality wise. He can be deferential, right? And and I can see that, but his game is so much more rounded than than Caleb's. Uh, he can put it on the deck. He can finish over you. I was wondering if he could finish through contact. His body is stronger now. It sounds like, and you talk about him as a defender, you know, and Kobe, he couldn't stay on the court last year as because of defense. I think in talking to, talk to Howard Isley about it, talk to Sadi about it, talk to Phil about it. And they said he looked like a guy who was committed to improving on the defensive end in the offseason. He's more vocal. And, you know, Kobe doesn't talk. I mean, he's, he's not a loud guy, I should say. That's a better way to put it. He's not a very loud guy. But they're saying he's more audible in practice. He's more audible on the court. He's talking more on defense. If that can translate to his aggression on the offensive end, too, I just – I'm like you. I think he can be really, really good. I think he can be an integral part of this team. And when you talk about the bucket getters, the go-get-it guys, I'm thinking of two players. I'm thinking of Jed Howard, and I'm thinking of Kobe Bufkin. If mm. both those two guys can do that, can fill that role, this team can go a long way. If one of them doesn't, I think it's going to put a ceiling on this team. Yeah, and and I I can promise you that that Kobe has potential because Juwan Howard is not here messing around. Like he wants to get to Final Fours, and if Kobe Bufkin did not impress Juwan in practice every day for the last two years, he he would have unloaded him or at least brought in somebody else to that position. So Juwan believes in him. I do too. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking for big things from from Kobe. Have not left that particular opinion. Moving down the line, Tim. I mean, again, new faces are a part of college basketball now. You got to be ready to to work uh, new guys in. Joey Baker comes over from Duke. Um, well, I think he was three for six from three point range in game one, right? And so Phil was saying, all the coaches were saying, this guy is going to give us a shooting element on this team uh, from. From, and not just from the wing spot, from the four spot, too, potentially, uh, when we go to a small lineup that that maybe could be a difference-making quotient for us. I'm curious what you think of Joey Baker. I want him to have a big year, and he deserves it. He's a great kid, and he's seen a lot. Um, he hasn't been really productive at Duke. As a matter of fact, a lot of his career has been a non-factor, but I think that there are reasons for that. First of all, you could see it if you watch the, the the game in Fort Wayne is that Joey Baker is not a Coach K guy. Uh, Mike Shashevsky recruits five-star wings, and, and he tells them, get out there and use your athleticism and pressure the ball, and that's not his game. It was probably a bad fit right from the start. Um, who was at Duke? A.J. Griffin, R.J. Barrett. I mean, you could go on and you can name 10 perimeter guys that he had to compete for with minutes. Um, he's not an exceptional athlete. Uh, that, that's not his game at all. 
and he was never going to defend like what Coach K wanted him to. Uh, also, when when you think about the the importance of Duncan Robinson at Michigan, like he got plenty of shots just by being out there. And I think that Joey Baker is is going to get a lot of shots off Hunter Dickinson. Um, and Hunter's going to get a lot of shots off of Baker. He's smart. He's a leader. I think he was a captain at Duke before he left. And, and he's a great shooter. Remember what I said earlier about, about Kobe's shot, how it needs to be straight. If Joey Baker misses a shot, I mean, it still looks good. It looks like it's going in. And it may not always go in, but it's a thing of beauty. And, and that's, that's one of the first and most important parts of shooting is being, being able to repeat your stroke. Yeah, I, look, be, be Duncan Robinson. <clears throat> you know, be, be Sam Howell. You just saw Sam Hauser last night. Be, be Sam Hauser, right, for, for me. You don't have to be, you know, a Duke wing. Be a star in the role that they have for you as a shooter on this squad, especially with Hunter Dickinson in the post like you just laid out. And now you got guys that if they have floor spreaders, Tim, and that's why I I like Jalen Llewellyn not always having to be a ball-dominant point guard. He can be a floor spreader. Joy Baker can be a floor spreader. That opens up the court for guys that I think can be – that can be creators either for themselves or, or for others thinking of Kobe. I'm thinking of jet. We're going to talk about Dougie in a minute here. I, I, I like that element on this team. And so that's one of the reasons why I think Joey Baker's role at Michigan could be so much greater, so yeah. much greater. Than right. it was. Sam. And, and think about this. He's going to go into West Lafayette and assembly hall and the Cole center. And he's going to say, uh, what what's this about? This is no big deal. Like I played at Duke, North Carolina. I, I I've 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 seen hostile environments. He he's played in some big big games, and I would imagine right now that ten times this year, you and I are going to do a podcast and we talk about the fact that while Joey Baker really helped Michigan win this game with his shooting, with his court spacing, with his smarts, he just he, he's going to win some games, Sam. All right, so Dougie, what do you think of Doug McDaniel so far? So, so Doug reminds me so much of Frankie Collins. <laughs> yeah, you know, just so fast and hyper aggressive. And I got to to know Doug pretty well at the Top One Hundred camp. You know, we we actually spent a lot of time together. We ate some meals together. And one thing that I I liked. I'm not sure I ever shared this. You probably saw it. But in between games at the Top 100 camp, Doug McDaniel would put on his Michigan hoodie. It was a yellow hoodie. It was a maize hoodie with, with blue lettering, and he wore it all the time. Like, he he was proud to be a Michigan guy. And and I, I think that he's highly aggressive. Um, he wants to score the basketball. Um I think he's a better shooter than what people think. And I also think he's going to have a hard time as a freshman in the Big Ten finishing over shot blockers. I think he'll struggle with length. I don't know how his mid-range game is. I've never seen him do it. Uh, Doug McDaniel is going to be a really good pick-and-roll guard. 
Um, I've heard people say that he's going to pick up full court. I think it's a hard thing to do in the Big Ten. Um, picking up full court doesn't scare anybody. But but he um, he's going to be fun. He's going to be a spark plug. And for a freshman, he's going to get a big time opportunity to play. So I'm 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 thinking he's a key player. He's probably going to play double figure minutes per game. Yeah, a couple of things on my you mentioned people talking about him picking up full court. Phil Martelli is one of the ones that keeps saying that. Like this dude, he can get in and mm-hmm. harass opposing point guards. And I admit, thinking that might be uh, an element that they weren't they didn't have on this year's squad in Frankie's absence. They clearly do, right? You talk about mid-range. I remember talking about him after the top 100 camp saying that mid-range is going to be he needs to he needs a floater. He needs a runner uh, yeah. in this game cuz he get I saw him on a number of occasions there got too deep. You know, got too deep when he drove the ball and just couldn't finish over the trees. So if he can get an in-between game, that really is going going to help him. But the biggest thing, the biggest thing that I talked about coming out of there was his jumper. He had long been maligned as a subpar shooter. I don't know if that was a fair assessment. Uh, it, maybe it was just something that he hadn't dialed into as much as, hey, man, when you can blow up, when you have his kind of speed, you probably off. <laughs> Very few people can stay in front of you, right, Tim? So a necessity is often the mother of invention. And talking to Phil Martelli, he said, and I'm going to quote him. He said, I've been amazed how well Doug McDaniel has shot the ball in practice. Phil doesn't throw out hyperbole. He doesn't, right? I I remember him talking about Musa. He said, man, I thought he was going to build some houses the number of bricks he was throwing (laughs) up, right? So he's the guy. Phil is not the kind to sugarcoat or gas up. He's going to shoot you the real. And he said Doug McDaniel has been shooting the ball well in practice. Now, we got to see it in games, but that was an encouraging sign, at least for me. He loves to shoot. And I will say this. I um I broadcast a lot of Phil Martelli's games at St. Joe's. I never saw his guards picking up full court. And tell me who in college basketball today has their guards playing 94 foot. I, there aren't there aren't very many. And so I think that that Frankie's role defensively could be to be with toes on the half court line and exactly. and try to make it hard. Yeah, sorry. Um try to make it hard for the other team to get into their offense. That'd be a great asset. Yeah, definitely, and a nice change of pace for Jalen Llewellyn because, I mean, the speed differential, you're facing one guy, the other guy comes in, man, I think that's going to be a, a little contrast that, that kind of helps Michigan a bit too. So what about the big fella? Yeah, let me say one other thing. I think he's going to help Jalen Llewellyn because in the Ivy League, he's not used to playing with the speed and the athletes that he's going to see in the Big Ten. Going against Frankie Collins every day in practice is going to bring him up to speed. You know, I, I do a podcast with, with Devin Gardner, and he would he would always call K McNamara Shea Patterson. So so every every time you call Doug McDaniel, Frankie Collins, I gotta yeah. come up with a, I gotta come up with a little buzz, a little oh, bell. So you're gonna laugh because last year on a Pistons broadcast, I was talking about Cade McNamara getting to the paint, and then I had to stop myself because I. You know, I'm so immersed in the Michigan football. I I, had, I I concentrate on that one. Right, right. All right. So, big fella, Terrace Reed. So, one of the things that jumped out, he shot an 18 footer, Tim. And yeah, I, I could, Jawan almost was like a me. <laughs> I'm giving the sign immediately, right? But Terrace would tell you, I can shoot, man. 
I think coach would tell you, Juwan would tell you, okay, show me you can hit that shot in practice, then I'll let you shoot it for a game. Because he was open. Yeah. Now, so when I was um, co- coaching AAU, coaching my son, I had a, a player, um, his name was Joey, and he would always come up and say, coach, I'm open. I, I, I need to get this shot up. And I said, said, son, there's a reason that you're open. They're not covering you. They want you to shoot. Okay. That's the, that, that's a sure sign. If you're wide open, the other team is not respecting your shot at all. And there's usually a reason for that. Um, so Terrace, man, he's big. He's a big dude. He's wide and strong. He plays hard. Um, he reminds me a little bit of Austin Davis from, from where I think he's going to go, where no, nobody's going to be able to deal with his strength. And with those shoulders, John Sanderson's going to do some work. I, I, I like where Michigan's position is for the center. Um, I think there's a chance that Hunter Dickinson could come back and be a senior next year. But if he doesn't, Terrace Reed could be, you know, a, a little bit of a, you know, down step from Hunter Dickinson. But I think he's he's got the ability to be an all Big Ten player. And also, there's a lot of big guys that are going to be leaving the Big Ten in the next year. Yeah, man, I, I, I'm i right there with you. I remember when you first started talking about Hunter coming back for his junior year, because you were doing it well before we got into the seat. You were doing it, like, early in the year. I'm like, man, what is Tim talking <laughs> What is Tim talking about? Clearly, you're on to something. I am much more, much more attuned to what you're getting at now, because I'm not convinced that this is Hunter's last year. I'm not, yeah. I mean, things are, he's, he's living the life, a charm life as, big man on campus his game continues to develop and he's doing his thing nil wise i mean things could be things could be a lot worse than developing four years under the tutelage of of Jawan howard who he seems amazingly close to but get back to terrace do do you see them having the ability to play those guys together i asked phil this question and he sort of alluded to them playing that way some overseas not really practicing it a ton but he did mention it as at least the possibility in our preview for the season i'm curious your perspective your take do you think that's something that we could see them get to very much this year absolutely not i saw enough of an oversized lineup last year with hunter and musa the game has changed so much with three-point shooting with spacing with speed positionless basketball going with a massive lineup is not the way to go. And when you took Caleb Houston at 6'9 and put him out there with two other big guys, it just it made Michigan slow defensively. Um, there were no creators off the dribble on your front line. And there, there is no way I want to see any of Terrace and Hunter together. I just, I just don't think it's a good idea. Plus, you may say, well, you've got great rim protection with those guys. Moose's a better shot blocker than Terrace. And I don't think that Michigan blocked a lot of shots and scared anybody last year. So, um, no, I don't want to see that lineup right now. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, let's transition now and talk, uh, you know, talk outlook for the team, um, you know, rotation, scoring balance. Uh, you know, let's let's kind of get into what you think this team will be offensively this year, Tim. I was thinking about that this afternoon. So Michigan lost four of their top five scores. And so they should take a big step back. I don't agree with that. I think that they have better chemistry. The pieces fit better together. Um, I think eight guys will have double figure games this year. And so there's going to be more players that feel connected to the process. Uh, I think one of their challenges, they're going to need to find good balance. So let's talk about, the scoring mix. Pick a number, Sam. What will what will Hunter Dickinson average? Uh, I think Hunter will average. I, I give him. What, was, what did he average last year? I guess I should use that as a good gauge. What do you think? Uh, like 19, point, 19 points a game. Nineteen twenty points a game. I think he'll be in that range. Yeah. So I wrote down twenty. What about Jet? Jet, I'm with you when you said fifteen points a game. You know, fourteen, fifteen points a game is where I am with, with Jet. So that's 35, and when, when I'm watching the four guys on the perimeter talking about Llewellyn and Bufkin and Williams and Baker, I think three of those four guys, I don't think any of them will average double figures, but I think three of them will need to get double figures for, for Michigan to be a, a potent offensive team. Um, Llewellyn may creep into double figures. I need to see him a little bit more. But but those four guys, their scoring is going to be situational. In the fast and up and down game, Kobe Bufkin's going to thrive and he may he may break out and have that 17-point game. Um half court game uh against against Rutgers on the road. That that might be the game where where Hunter's kicking it out. And Joey Baker gets more opportunities, and he makes five threes. Um, so, so those those four players, I think, are your secondary scores. And and if you if you get three of those four guys at double figures, then all of a sudden you're scoring eighty points, and your offense is I don't know if it's prolific, but it's certainly one of the best. Yeah, you know, I guess I, I I'm definitely with you on on talking about Jet and and uh, and Hunter. Uh, but I was kind of looking for Kobe to be a double-digit scorer. 11, 11, 12 points a game. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of feeling like he he would be somewhere in between what we saw from, from Devontae and Eli last year in, in terms of – I don't think they'll have four double-digit scorers mm-hmm. like they uh-huh. had last year. But I think they could have – I think they could have three. And so pick, remember, pick, remember Caleb, Caleb averaged double digits last year. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, so pick one. Who's more likely to average double figures, Kobe or Jalen? I think Kobe. I, I think Kobe. You know, Jalen will have the ball in his hands more. Uh, I don't even know about that. I don't even know about that as we get into the season because I, I think Kobe is going to see he's going to see some time as a as a as a guy, a ball dominant guy too. Uh, I think it's just a matter of convincing him to be a shot hunter. If he if he does that, I have little doubt he'll he'll be a double digit score because he can get to the rim, and I think he's a better shooter than he's shown thus far just gotta instill in him that we need you to we need you to be like jet a little more like jet in in hunting for your your shot i just think he is he is a more versatile offensive player than uh than than jalen is and that's not a slight i just think when we talk about who's the more cap most capable double digit scorer i i think it's him time will tell if i'm i'm right or not i put it this way i think for for michigan to go the farthest i think it needs to be him I think it needs to be him. I think he needs to be that prominent of an offensive player for Michigan to be a, a you know, a deep run team as opposed to a, a team that wins, you know, one or two games in the, in the tournament. So, so one, one thing to watch Sam that, that scares me a bit and there may be times this year I'm laying in bed at night worried about it. They need Jalen Llewellyn and Doug McDaniel to stay completely healthy. Those guys need to play 30-plus games because I don't know who's going to be your point guard if they get hurt. I don't, I don't trust anybody else on the team, and, and I love having three point guards that I trust. That worries me a lot. What about you? Yeah, it, it does. I think that they feel pretty comfortable with, with Kobe as a, a fill-in minutes guy. Uh, he's not necessarily the backup point but you can slide him in there to get some minutes and take some of the pressure off of Doug as a true freshman. Uh, but if one of those guys were to go down and you were to make him your primary backup at point guard, I think they would start to, to, to feel that if for no other reason, then it, it would, it would take away from the kind of aggression that you want to see from, from Kobe and, and going to get his, his offense, which I think is a big key for this team. You need some shot hunters on the, on the perimeter. And I think that's one of the key roles for, for Kobe this year. And I, and I believe he's going to do it. I mean, just talking to him kind of, you know, I ask, I ask all the guys, is he different? And, and Sadi said something to me when I asked him about it, he said his confidence level, he is a totally different player. I mean, yeah. It's, does he add elements to his game? Did he, did he work on his, his defense? Was he in the gym getting up shots? Sure all those things, but just his presence on the floor, the way he, the way his shoulders are when he's walking in the gym is different this year. You could call it, uh, you know, the, the experience that haven't gone through one year, or maybe it's the work that he put in, in the lab in the off season or some pep talk. He got a combination of all of the above, but they seem to think he's different, Tim. Now we got to see it on the floor. But based on what I've saw, what I saw from him in high school, and what they're saying about him now, I'm expecting him to be a double-digit scorer for Michigan this year. I, I think it'll be fun to watch and see. I, I would imagine that Juwan Howard very much wants to lock up Amani Bates on Friday night, and and Kobe Bufkin's probably going to get that assignment. I agree. No one knows him better on the team. I mean, those guys got a lot of run together, work out together. Uh, I'm sure they know each other's game in and out. 
So that's who I would expect to draw that assignment. And it'll be an interesting one to watch before we get in talking about Eastern Michigan and the preview of the Eagles. How deep of a rotation do you think Jawan and company will have this year, Tim? Well, I watched, I watched the other night and I was, um, I was asking myself that question because has Jace earned a rotation spot? Um, Cause I think he would have been number nine and he's a captain and I think that he can win games for you in a lot of different ways. Not not scoring, but intangible-wise, playing good defense, grabbing loose balls. I, I think he's got a role of, you know, three or four minutes per half. Not always, but a, a lot of games. So the guy that, that, um, that I started asking about is Yo-Yo. I don't know if he was hurt. Um, not sure why he, you know, he didn't have a spot in the rotation the other night, but I, I think that it's hard to have a 10 man rotation and I have not seen him play enough other than one practice to, uh, to have a good read. So the two guys that I look at are Yo-Yo and Jace. And I, I wonder, you know, if, if you get into a grinded out big 10 game, those two may not see the court. Yeah, I definitely think Jace over Yo-Yo uh, right now. Uh, I think the, 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 the demeanor he brings to the team on the defensive end, especially uh, because if, if you ask them, what are they most concerned about? They say defense, you mm-hmm. know, they, they're still trying to figure out. I mean, it's, they're drilling it. They work on it hard. You talk about the, the emphasis that Juwan places on it. Uh, and yet you got a lot of new pieces to the puzzle uh, that they're trying to work in. And, you know, they got, they were playing grown men overseas, but I think it was one of those things where they're like, man, we got, we got work to do. We got work to do on that end of the floor when they were talking about even I or PFW. I still want to call them IPFW, right? Uh, they were talking about some some things on the defensive end of the floor that they want to tighten up. Jace, to me, when I think of who brings you the the most of what you want on that end of the floor right now, I would point to him. Yeah, right. Big, he's physical. He yeah. knows his assignments, right? Effort is never a question. He's always going to run the floor. He he can tell other guys what to do. I, I think that alone is going to get Jace minutes. And Yo-Yo, remember, he's making the transition, man. I mean, uh, that's not to say he won't make it this year. Uh, but I wasn't surprised that we, you know, that that's not uh, a, a guy, a rotation guy uh, in game one. Maybe may not be a rotation guy. For, for some time as he learns the ropes, making the transition to basketball stateside, right? And I, mean, I think so. he'll be good. He'll, he'll be a good player. Think about this, you know, a, a year ago, Yo-Yo is preparing for his first game and he's playing against Israel. And next week he's got a rack. You know, he's, right. he's, playing, he's playing men in tough situations. So I, I'm anxious to watch him play. All right, so now let's get into the Eagles. Uh, Eastern Michigan uh, never had a player, the profile coming in anyway, of of Amani Bates. This is this is a youngster who I haven't seen a freshman do what what he did in this state, obviously. But I I came to to think that he was the best freshman player I had seen, and uh, wow. you know, comparing him, comparing him to. And I'm talking about like wing type players, 
Uh, you know, comparing Who's him to the best you saw last year. I, uh, the best play? No, I'm talking about freshmen in high school. Not, oh, not at oh, okay. No, 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 no. no. I you and I were watching. No, 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 no. Not freshmen in college. I was about yeah. freshmen in high school. Okay, all right. The best freshman I had ever seen uh, until I seen Amani was uh, OJ Mayo, but OJ was probably a little older freshman, right? And KD. I saw, I saw Magic Johnson. Okay, see, I didn't see Magic as a freshman. I didn't you know, see, this I didn't might, see Chris Webber as a freshman. Okay, this is we're going to take heat over this one, but Foster Lawyer made the dream team as a freshman out of Clarkston High School. <laughs> yeah, Foster Lawyer didn't couldn't. He, he, I know, he I know. Close to to what Amani did as a you're right. He, you're you're he right. Phenom carrying a team, literally carrying a team to a championship, and obviously uh, that was the, the you know the the pinnacle of his high school career. He had a good sophomore season, but things didn't materialize. There wasn't the, the, the constant incline in his high school career. And it, it sort of led into where he went over to Memphis, where it was kind of up and down and no injuries were a part of it, uh, but has some developing to do is, is the point. And I think Eastern Eastern is a, is a spot that could really be one that's conducive to that growth. I'm curious what you expect to see from him against Michigan tomorrow and what you expect to see from him this year at Eastern. You forgot George Gervin. George Gervin has to be on that list, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I said I said coming in. I don't know what George Gervin's profile was coming in. That's why I qualified it as coming in. He's playing in the George Gervin Center, right? <laughs> so if he can yeah. become George Gervin-like by the time he leaves, you're going to be a pretty damn good player, really damn good player. Yeah. yeah. So this will be fun to watch. Um, the battle for Wa- Washtenaw County supremacy, right? Um, no no offense to Concordia College. Uh, I, I think that it's going to be a fun show to watch. And Amani Bates is the headliner. There's no doubt. And the question remains, how good is he? Is he an early bloomer? that has plateaued? Um, I do think that's a good question. He's a prodigy. He comes with a lot of baggage right now. Um, you know, before he plays his first college game, he's already had a gun charge and he's had a court case and he's been suspended for his first game. Um, he's six, nine listed at six ten in the program. He's a small forward. He's a, a really good shooter. Uh, I, I talked to some NBA scouts that said that from an athletic standpoint, he's a little bit overrated, they think, but he also has the potential to, to, to get better. Um, I think Stan Heath is a really good coach for him because he's already shown that he's not going to, you know, take a lot and he's going to hold Amani accountable. So once again, it goes back to the fact that, that, it's really good television. It's really, it's really going to be intriguing. I also attended several tailgates with Amani Bates when he was a senior in high school, and I had conversations with him, and I and I saw how much effort Juwan and his staff paid, uh, paying attention to him, talking to him, recruiting him hard, and I know that when Amani. Uh, chose originally Michigan State and then changed his mind, 
he said that Michigan didn't really recruit me very hard. Was that was that what you heard, Sam? I mean, they they had their hat in the ring. I had heard about them being involved in that recruitment from from the onset. I yeah. I, I remember, but did they recruit him as hard as uh, as maybe Michigan State? I, I think they recruited him to the level that they thought he was going to be a college player. Mm-hmm. I, and, and you remember at the time, very few people thought he would play in college. But then we had NIL rules come in, right, that made that a lot more uh, a lot, lot more likely scenario. So I didn't look at their the, their level of recruitment as as uh, a, a as being indicative of them not dotting their eyes and crossing their T's not be on their P's and Q's in recruiting, uh, you have to you have to measure, you have to calibrate your recruiting attention, right? Where you spend it, even if it's a local guy, is important, especially if you don't you think it's a local guy that won't spend a day in college. And for three years or however, yeah, for three, two, two and a half years, everyone was saying there's no way he ever spends. Yeah. ever spends a a moment in college. So the amount of effort that they were spending on him was more than than some teams, just not more than Michigan State. So I mean, I, I didn't take that as a as an oversight or something. I, to be think, I think Juwan, I think he took it personally, and and because he did recruit him hard, and um, I think Juwan will want to to shut him down. Um, more so important, what, I, mean, I guess I guess I would I would say what constitutes hard. I, I think his his definition. I'm just speculating. His mm-hmm. definition of, of recruiting hard is. You know, someone is is out to see me once every couple of weeks. Someone right. is is contacting me every other day. Mm-hmm. I, I think I I do think Juwan recruited him. Hard. I think Michigan recruited him hard under the circumstances. Do I right. think it's what he would he would classify as hard? Clearly, clearly not. If it was if it was likely that he was going to go to college, then then maybe they would have recruited him to the level that he was talking about or he was thinking, but I don't slight Michigan. I don't, I'm not critical of Michigan for not doing that. Yeah. I, I, um, I agree with you, Sam. And I, and I think that also the fact that Juwan knows that he has two sons that are wings that he was going to recruit even harder. Um, it, it, it did make sense, but I, I think it's a, it's a fun matchup. I don't think Eastern Michigan is as good as, as Purdue Fort Wayne. Um, I would expect a 15 to 20 point win for Michigan, but I do know that there's a lot of kids on that team that, that, you know, I saw growing up um, Tyson, a cup. He was uh, at Duquesne last year. Legend Jeter's a good ball player that played in the big East. Um, Golson, the kid from Ferndale, he played in the Mac last year at Siena. Um, yeah. I mean, there, there's, there's some good, the kid from, um, kid from George Ty, there, there's some talent, but I expect them to be a little bit sloppy and it, it should, it should be the kind of game that Michigan can get out in transition. Yeah. And, and so the matchup you mentioned, uh, Kobe, I think Kobe draws the Amani matchup as a starter. I would not be surprised to see Jet draw some of that assignment too, because the name of the game is physicality. Hmm. You want to be physical. So you, you look at Amani Bates' development at Eastern. Part of it is going to be the part above the, the net and shot selection. I mean, the thing that 
what always stick out to me was, man, he was a, <laughs> he would jack some shots, man. I mean, just mm-hmm. indiscriminately. It didn't matter. He could be five steps behind the three-point line. He was putting it up. It could be two guys running out on him. He's putting it up. You know, and I pretty adept ball handler at his size, but even at the high school level, finishing through contact could be a chore. You get to this level, guys can knock you off your dribble, and when you get to the rim, they can knock you off, period. So him getting bigger and stronger is, I think, going to be a key part of his development and then also developing that that shot selection that, hey, I got to get my other guys off too. And so can he develop that balance of when to go get mine and when to help them get theirs? But this is what his first college game. I don't think that either of those things will have been developed in this contest. So, you know, play him to jack a lot of shots and be physical with him. And I think Michigan will be able to hold him at bay if they do those things. And he shoots from so far out that I would expect long rebounds. Michigan's guards have to help out. And every one of those missed long shots is a potential long outlet pass that that can start their break. Yeah, should be really, really interesting. Uh, Anxious to see Michigan uh, in this game. And I'm, look, I'm rooting for, uh, on the side, I obviously want to see Michigan beat the breaks off of Eastern. But I'm rooting for Monty Bates to really, you know, live up to his potential. He was a special, special, special talent as a young high schooler. And I just want to see him get to the level that we all thought he would get to when we watched him at that time. And staying coaching him, um, you know, I, I think the experiences that he, he's been through while trying and embarrassing in some respects, they can really help develop him, help help mature him in the ways that he needed uh, to mature. And that, that translates on the floor, too. And so hopefully those things lead to him fulfilling the kind of promise we all saw him show as a high schooler. I just want to see more guys from Michigan. You, you remember right. the day, every, every, every year, Detroit was putting out three NBA players. Flint yeah. was putting out two. I mean, there, there was a lot of talent in this state, and I want Imani Bates to be one of those guys too. Yep. All right, so next week when we come back, we will break down this freshman class. Tim has broken them broke both down thoroughly. Papa Conte, George Washington. I know you had the, the NBA Players Association Top 100 camp. So we'll break those down. We will reflect upon this week. And we'll start getting to your questions, right? If you want to see us go live with this podcast, respond in the comments. Let us know that you want to have some interaction with Timmy Mack. Because, you know, Timmy Mack likes to mix it up. He likes to get your questions, right? So if you want to go one-on-one with Timmy Mack with the questions live during the broadcast, Let us know you want us to go live, and we'll see if we can make that happen, right? So looking forward to it. Looking forward to breaking down more Michigan basketball with you all season. If you like this podcast, be sure to rate it. Be sure to review it. Be sure to tell all your friends about it. They can find it wherever they get their podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, you name it. And, of course, like this podcast on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. That way, whenever we do a new episode, you'll get a notification alerting you to that fact. Until next time, folks. Thanks for watching another edition of the Michigan Basketball Insider.